Imagine everything from the items we fill our homes with to the parts needed to build the cars we drive. These are the kinds of products brought to our shores by container ships. Once docked, bustling ports then have to handle millions of containers efficiently and with accuracy so that everything's sorted in order, ensuring that we get the things we need and on time. Automated advanced technologies are now playing a significant role in changing the way these goods move around the world and how they're handled once they arrive at their seaport destinations. Hello, I'm Fran Scott, and in this episode of the Process Automation Podcast from ABB, we're about to uncover the exciting developments that are going into automating our ports and redefining global trade. We'll hear from some of those who are at the forefront of this transformation as they share their insights into the benefits of automation, such as increased efficiency, reduced environmental impact and improved safety. We'll hear from Clara Holmgren, Global Business Line Manager for Ports at ABB, and Andy Lewis, Head of Operations, Engineering and Automation at Hutchison Ports, Stockholm. First, though, I've been talking to Christian Blauert, Global Director, Port and Terminal for Moffat & Nickel. Christian has over 25 years' experience within the maritime industry and has also led Greenfield Port Terminal automation projects, so he clearly knows a thing or two about how ports operate. He began by explaining how containers typically get from the ship to the gates for onward distribution. A container terminal is the point of entry and the point of exit for this maritime transport, for where big vessels going on the transport relations and bringing container from port to port. And the container terminal is discharging and loading these vessels. So typically they are at the end and at the beginning of the maritime transport. And they're also in between what we call a hub terminal is when these hub terminals are designed in transport relation where the container is taken from one vessel and put to another vessel. So on a container terminal, you typically see at the vessel side what we call key crane. It's nothing else than a big crane, which is capable to lift the containers from the vessel and put them on the ground or on a horizontal transport device or take a container and charge it on the vessel. Then we have typically horizontal transport, which can be trucks, uh, can be smaller cranes, which can move, can be other transport devices to bring the container to a yard, which is in a container terminal. The container typically stays a few days in a container terminal. So we have a yard there to buffer the amounts of container. This typically is, uh, let me say, five days. After this day on the terminal, the container will be put on a truck or will be put on a train for the final destination. Very rough view on the functioning of a container terminal. Now, when we talk about automated ports, does this mean that everything's completely automated from start to finish? Or are there still parts of the process that haven't changed, that are still done in the traditional way and will be done in the traditional way for still some time to come? Automation starts uh, finally in the container terminal with the yard and horizontal transport. So the first automated terminals invented in Rotterdam, they were automating the yard equipment, so cranes, typically rail mounted in these days. And they can stack a few container high, four, five, six high, and these cranes were automated. So they could take a box, a container, from a horizontal transport device 
and they stacked it in a stack four five high and can take it out again. Also in these early phases of what we call full automation in these days, we had automated guided vehicles, which is nothing else than a self-driven chassis. Uh, so you can put a container on and this chassis is driving itself and brings the container to the key crane. In these days, the vessel side was not yet automated for several reasons. Firstly, the vessel is moving continuously a bit at the key uh, due to weather conditions, wind and waves. It's not that easy to really automate it and to go in the vessel. And the vessels also have many, many different structures on deck. So the automation on the vessel side was not done these early days. Then the hinterland was also not automated. The reason there is more that in the typical safety environment, we cannot mix automated operation with manned operation. So the decision was typically taken to have a remote control driver taking over the control of the automated crane and manually loading the box on the truck or discharging the truck manually with a remote control. And so when it comes to the physical ports, which parts of the port are typically good or easier to automate? Firstly, it's the container. We talk about container here. If you compare the container handling with other industries, it's a fairly good standardized piece of equipment. So in automotive internal transport, you have all kinds of boxes and transport devices to combine, which can be very difficult. So then the yard handling is also quite good to automate because it's a piece of the terminal. It's typically in the center of the terminal. And then you also can further automate what we call horizontal transport. I think that's ongoing. And then on the key side, uh, it's going this moment more for remote control. So that still is a remote driver who takes over the control for the rest of the handling automated crane and just handles the crane over the vessel. But then there are also many, many other parts. Yeah. We talk about automated gate solutions. We talk about automated uh, rail gate solutions also, where we, with optical character recognition, we can identify numbers on the container so we don't need a checker reading it anymore. And there are many, many parts where we develop further and we go for automation. Where does sustainability fit into this picture in terms of making the ports more automated? That's a very interesting question. My personal view on this is, firstly, if increasing and improving efficiency, which can be done with automation, is sustainable in itself. Because when you follow the philosophy of no waste of resources, the most efficient move is a sustainable move. With automation comes typically also alongside other innovations like solar. Now we talk about high-rack systems to stack in container, which is like housing around. And on top of the housing, you can put solar panels. Then you can, of course, implement systems like regaining energy when the weight is lowered. Yeah? So when you have a heavy box and you lift it, you have to use energy. You move your crane and you lower it again, you can regain energy and we can implement system to use this energy. So what I want to say, automation comes with big packages of innovations and allows us to really focus on sustainability. I suppose with these little gains, but also there's going to be big gains. Where do you see the future when it comes to automation imports? 
I think the path will develop further as we are moving now. So uh, all the different elements we need uh, for moving containers and a container terminal will be further analyzed what can be automated. We will talk about autonomous driving. We will talk about automated guided vehicles. We will talk about even further automation on the key side and on the rail and truck exchange. I would like to highlight that we should not forget the human factor also and really improve the situation of the people and the dockers working in the port. So the human factor might also be a focus in our automation efforts in the future. Maybe accompanied from a trend which comes now, we say digitization, again brings us potential of data analytics, transparency, brings us out of this transparency to see really the room for improvement we still have in the container transport world. That was Christian Blauert, Global Director, Port and Terminal from Moffat and Nickel. And what an insight into how this shipping ecosystem works. You've got cargo ships arriving at port in varying weather conditions, huge machines like cranes as high as a 20-storey building, enough containers on the ships to fill 12,000 trucks, which all need to be moved and monitored to make sure things are in the right place at the right time. And with all of these complex parts of the jigsaw having to work together efficiently, sustainably and safely, there are potentially many issues that need improvement. So what are they? To tell us more, Clara Holmgren is Global Business Line Manager for Ports at AVB. One is that the machines are large and heavy and we're outside and we have the weather and the wind and the sun and everything. Quite challenging process to control. We have the safety within the terminal. There are all these heavy machines and containers, and we have the people being there working at the same time. Then we have containers that we need to keep track of that sometimes end up in the wrong place. So it's very important to keep track of the data. We have sustainability. The ships are in the port and they can be running their engines at all times. So that's quite a lot of exhaustion. We also have all the cranes and vehicles in the terminal that operate that consumes lots of energy. And then if we look at other issues that the ports have, I mean, what we see today is the container vessels are getting bigger and bigger. It means also that the call sizes, I mean, the number of containers that you discharge and that you load are also getting bigger. And that means that the operation in the terminal, it's not a fixed, steady pace. Either you have a ship in and then you have a huge amount of containers that you need to handle in a short time, or it's nothing. So that, of course, poses lots of challenges for the terminals. So what technologies are being used at ABB to make ports better, safer, and basically more efficient? The need to increase the capacity within the existing terminal is basically normally a starting point for what we call terminal transformation. Basically, what you can do then is that you need new equipment, or you need to update the existing equipment. And there is really no one size fits all. So each terminal has its own needs and challenges. But in general, you need automation. It's the key both to safety and to productivity. With automation, you can get a more gentle movement instead of, you know, slamming the containers down. You try to move them very controlled. So what automation provides is consistency and also predictability because you know that each move will take this amount of time. 
that's really important to be able to handle everything in the terminal. Today, with automation, you can also operate the cranes remotely. Instead of having a guy sitting, leaning forward, moving backwards and forwards with the container at all time, you can move into a control room. And that, of course, means a much nicer environment for the operators, where you can talk to each other, you can get help from someone, and you can have your coffee. Even go for rest breaks because you're not up a crane, aren't you? Of, of course. And that's actually something which is important, not only for the operator's well-being, but it's also something that if you're in a terminal on a crane, basically you need to have all the transportation, everything around it to handle these people that needs breaks. From what I gather, much of what happens at port starts life actually before a ship and its containers gets anywhere near the dockside. When it comes to this terminal transformation, it's where data and digitalization comes in. And this is something that we talked about in our last episode. When it comes to a shipping yard, what is automated and how does digitalization and data make a difference? If you let me explain what automation is, I would see that as moving the container automatically. So basically the crane gets a work order from an operating system that keeps track of everything. Basically go to this position, pick this container up, put it down in another position. And that whole uh, movement is then automatic. In some cases, if there are people around, then it's supervised by humans if we cannot guarantee the safety. Otherwise, we try to do it completely automatically. At all times, we keep track of where we have the container. And when we do that, that it's a much more gentle and less damage. And it's a fast but very controlled and smooth process. What we see today is a large drive to go from manual analog operation to automated digitalized processes. So basically, that means before there was a guy standing with a piece of paper, checking every container that came in. And then, of course, that can quite easily go wrong. If something happens, you don't really see you're focused on something else. It's quite easy then that you lose the container. And if you have to look for your container somewhere in the terminal with millions of containers, that can take ages. And that's really a process that you can quite easily get rid of by improving data quality. And that you can do if you digitalize and then you use an OCR system. So that's optical character recognition. So basically each container has like a barcode on it. And if you read that either in the gate when the containers come in on the vehicles or at the ship side, then you can make sure that you can track your container everywhere, wherever it goes in the terminal. And of course, not only knowing where things are that's important, but also reducing the environmental impact is also important. And I know that shipping is under pressure to decarbonize. So what's being done to reduce this type of problem in the way that ports are run from like an energy point of view? Well, I mean, what we've seen during the last maybe 20 years is that you're replacing diesel engine equipments with electrical machines. To do that, you, of course, need to make sure that you have the electrical system in the terminal. What we've seen more in the last few years is that you also electrify the trucks in the terminal, so the horizontal transport. And then, of course, they use uh, batteries. Then you need a way to charge that. I mean, you have lots of consumers in the terminal. The vehicles, you have the cranes, all the reefers that cool the reefer containers. You try to optimize the energy consumption. 
And the important thing is to make it as low as possible, but also shaving the peaks. And that you can do by controlling all the equipment. Ports can be hazardous places. So, of course, with those working within ports, we know that safety is also a key benefit of all of this new technology. So how can this technology that you've talked about improve the lives of the workers? If you separate the humans from the machines, you get a much safer working environment. Moving people into a more office environment, it means that you can have uh, people with disabilities. You can be in a wheelchair. We see a lot more applications from women where I think the old traditional way of working it has been very, you know, masculine. It's been a little bit traditional. And now we see that this opens up for a much, much bigger diversity. I think that there are lots of things that will change with this new, maybe little less uh, heavy machinery. With these technologies and the future of where these technologies might go, how could they have a significant impact on us and our lives in general? The shipping industry is all about supplying food and goods to people all over the world. The global trade is basically constantly transforming from where we take the goods, where it's going, how the shipping routes are set up. And that all has to do with where we can have the supplies, what countries we buy from at the moment, and so on. Since that keeps changing, the terminals has to adapt to that. And I think that the important thing is you adapt automation to the terminal and not the terminal to the automation. If you are a terminal, you need to make sure that you buy equipment that you can utilize and that can evolve for basically a long period of time. That's also how you are sustainable. If you have equipment that you can only utilize for a few number of years and then small or too inefficient, too slow or whatever it is, then of course that's not good. Then you need new equipment. The more efficient we can make that and the more environmentally friendly we can make that, it means that we can just keep on living our lives using goods and perhaps them not get more expensive all the time, but be more tailored to what we're after. Exactly. There is, of course, a balance between shipping more and more, which we don't want to do. But on the other hand, we have to ship more efficiently because people expect to have the goods that you need at the right time showing up and that we have to do in the best possible way. Clara, when we look to the future, what are you most excited about when it comes to implementing this new technology and where ports and the shipping industry may go? We've come a long way. But there is still a lot that we can do, both in being even more predictable, being faster, and especially doing that repeatedly without having disruptions. Every time something happens, you have what we call a manual intervention, meaning that someone has to go in and, and handle that. And that, of course, takes time and slows down the process. There is also a risk that you introduce mistakes so if we can minimize the number of manual interventions needed, I'm quite sure that we will get an even smoother flow of the containers in the terminal. Clara Holmgren, Global Business Line Manager for Ports at ABP. 
Now, according to the online portal of the United Nations Conference on Trade and Development, around 80% of the volume of international trade in goods travel by ship. Today, ports are rapidly transforming into increasingly automated operations, helping move cargo as efficiently as possible. And I think the last word on how this incredible transformation of ports is changing the way we as consumers and industry receive and benefit from the efficient handling and quayside distribution of goods should be left to a company that's already using the kind of automated systems we've been talking about. Andy Lewis is the Head of Operations, Engineering and Automation at Hutchison Ports, Stockholm. He started our chat by telling me about his company. Hutchison Ports, Stockholm are the terminal operator that operate the new port of Stockholm. The port itself has been built by the Port Authority, which is Stockholm's Hamner, and the operation is handled entirely together with its equipment from Hutchison Ports. So, Andy, what sort of things do you have to think about? So the challenges, for example, when it comes to moving and transforming to an automated port. Hutchinson Port Stockholm is actually set 60 kilometers south of the city. The port used to be downtown city, which now, of course, is being developed into uh, housing, estates, etc. In this process, we started the port in 2020 started off in a totally manual operation and slowly but surely we've been working ourselves to an automated port. During that transformation what type of things were on your to-do list? So like what kept you awake at night? There is so much technology that has to be synchronized together, very advanced technology in some cases and very primitive technology in other cases. I mean a crane is after all 2,000 tons of steel It's a very basic piece of equipment, but it has to operate on very fine details and fine margins so that the sensor systems and the actuator systems of the crane are very advanced today to be able to pick and drop containers automatically. The other aspect, of course, is that to control all of this, there is an infrastructure behind both data infrastructure with a terminal operating system And, of course, other parts of the port where trucks and lorries come in and they're automatically read through OCR system. So all of these systems have to come together to build an automated port. And just remind us what OCR is again. OCR is an optical character reader. The plates of the truck itself, the container numbers and the seals are read by camera systems and then permitted into the port where the truck is discharged into the yard, awaiting either then to be loaded on a vessel or exited through rail. So let's talk a little more about the kinds of cranes and equipment that you have. So what sorts of types do you have and how do these help when it comes to flexibility and speed and giving your customers what they need? When moving from the older port with very old equipment, the decision was made here to actually move to the largest type of cranes that you can see in the Baltic Sea. So these cranes are basically made for vessels that are 22 container rows wide and have backreach of 30 meters, basically a portal between the cranes of 30 meters as well. So they're very large cranes. They have a lifting height of about 50 meters above ground which should cater us for the biggest vessels that actually are able to enter the Baltic Sea today. 
And so why did you choose those types of cranes? It's basically to future-proof, to be able to handle mainliner vessels in the future, should they come up to the Stockholm area. So tell me about that automation and the remote operation side. So the process really where we go for automation, if we talk about the key side and the remote operations, the last part when picking or placing containers on the vessel is actually handled by a driver, which is located in the office, looking at high-definition TV screens. Once the driver has picked up a container or locked onto a container, the cycle is handled entirely by the computer system on the crane. So it's picked up, it's taken to a station where you decone, you take away the cones from the container, which hold them together on the vessel, and then it's dropped into the backreach enabling it to be picked up by the straddle carriers. And how easily have the stevedores, so, you know, the people that work on the wharfs and the ships, and the crane drivers in particular, taken to this new way of remotely operating things? When it comes to the crane driving, I think it was a bigger step for a lot of them to drive these big cranes rather than the small ones they were used to, than actually going for the remote operation. And if you look at the remote operation today, which we are virtually two and a half years into, I don't believe any of them would actually want to go back to sitting inside the crane. Some of them can find it fun for a shift or two to actually operate from the crane cabin. It's absolutely a world of difference. It has caught up to our older crane drivers. They are the biggest fans of actually operating from the remote station, like you say, because It's a much better position of operation. It's a health and safety issue. The fatigue is nowhere near the same when you sit in a remote control station. And also we see that we get a much more predictable operation between drivers because the automation handles a large part of the cycle. And so when it came for you finding a supplier for the automation that you were looking for, what was important to you? When the selection for Stockholm was made, ABB were front runner for a number of reasons. One of them being, of course, that we're close in geography. Also, ABB provide a lot of in-the-box solutions or pre-tested solutions that benefited us who have to have a fast commissioning time. We're a small port. We can't spend a lot of time developing new solutions. And so with the implementation of all this technology, does it alter the impact that the port has on the local community? You know, for example, on its green credentials. We're always looking at ways to improve our sustainability and our green credentials. And the cranes are already on a fully electric and we try to optimize cycles and save energy in any way we can. Then we're looking of course, at other fields of the port at the same time. And we have a roadmap to net zero further in the future here. And so, Andy, from your own perspective, how does it feel to be part of this kind of automated operation and the advancements that you've seen? Coming from an automation background and having worked with automation most of my adult life, this was an exciting challenge that was impossible to refuse. And that's how I ended up in this role. And I think that many of those who have come to work for us have actually come from far away for the sake of the automation and for the challenge of making an automated terminal. What gets you out of bed in the morning? What is that one thing if you're like, yes, you know, if we solve this, it will be fantastic? 
the sheer panic. No, <laughs> no. Uh, of course, every day is a challenge. We work together with many partners, many suppliers, and with this, every step of the way, we have to monitor to be able to succeed in delivering a fully automated port. And this, of course, is very exciting. Andy Lewis, Head of Operations, Engineering and Automation at Hutchison Ports, Stockholm. And I know I say this after a lot of episodes, but I've really enjoyed this episode of the Process Automation Podcast because I'm a fan of big machines, of automation, and that invisible infrastructure that makes a world of difference to our lives. But that is it for this episode. A thank you to all our guests today. Christian Blauert, Global Director, Port and Terminal for Moffat & Nickel. Clara Holmgren, Global Business Line Manager for Ports at ABB. And Andy Lewis, Head of Operations, Engineering and Automation at Hutchison Ports, Stockholm. I'm Fran Scott, and the Process Automation Podcast is a fresh air production for ABB. Follow now for free wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode.